G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. We're going to spend some time talking about emotional health. If your emotional health is not as good as you think it should be, there may be some things that you can do to adjust uh, those things in accordance with what it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Well, our special guest this hour is Dr. Brian Burkett. Brian has a long-standing reputation as an academic and in pastoral ministry in Australia and around the world, and until recently he was Dean of Faculty and Head of Ministry at Harvest Bible College in Victoria. Well, his current pursuit is in the founding of a new venture, which is called Springboard Consulting, which is all about empowering people for purpose. You can be a part of the conversation that we'll have over this coming hour. one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. our talkback line, open uh, for your input, your insights or your questions. And uh, we're going to be talking about emotional health. So a special welcome, Dr. Brian Burkett. Hello, Brian. Welcome to 2020. Yes. Brian, great to have you along with us. Uh, we had a short conversation not long back and uh, had a great time talking about emotional health and we said, well, we should have a longer conversation, invite listeners to be a part of the conversation as we will do today. But as mm. we get underway in a, a conversation about emotional health, we better just uh, give us a little bit of definition for what we're talking about here. How do you define what emotional health is? Well, I'd see emotional health as very much a real part of us. When we think about Deuteronomy 6 verse 5, it says that we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our strength. So in terms of our emotional health, it's talking about our soul well-being. So our heart is our spiritual life with God, so we know how we're doing spiritually if we're struggling or if we're doing well. Um, we know how we're doing physically, that's our strength. But in terms of emotional health, that's talking about our soul well-being, how are we doing on the inside in our emotions. Brian, there are secular definitions too, and I like your uh, Christian biblical definition, but if I was uh, saying there's a secular definition that says a positive state of well-being which enables an individual to be able to function in society and meet the demands of everyday life. Nothing wrong with that definition, I assume, uh, but, uh, no. but, there, but there's a dimension to a Christian way of talking about emotional health, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. I think um, emotional intelligence is something that Daniel Goleman and a number of others have recognised and brought to people's awareness as intrinsic for a human being. Uh, so, so the deep part of us, we want to be well emotionally. So emotional intelligence has been recognized and even um, a Fortune 500 companies as well as workplaces, uh, uh, um, Ma and Pa shop, they want to have employees that treat one another well and treat other people well. So in terms of emotional health, it's intrinsic. It, it's a part of us as human beings that we need to relate well with one another and that comes out of our emotional health. So whether secular, whether Christian, we're all human beings. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you introduced uh, some terminology there, emotional intelligence, and uh, and that is, I imagine, uh, the way that we are able to perceive our own emotional health and then perceive the emotional health of others. So, uh, so we get a, a perception of what is a good state of being emotionally so that we can identify where there may be weaknesses or maybe challenges in others that we're working with or serving with. Uh, yes, that's true. So um, IQ is well recognised as intelligent quotient EQ has been recognized within the last 10 to 15 years as emotional quotient. So how well is a person doing emotionally within themselves? How well is a person doing emotionally with other people? So that could apply in a family, 
in a church, in a workplace, in fact, in any organization or any community or group of people that could apply on the beaches of Queensland, it could apply in the Atherton Tablelands, it could apply across in uh, Geraldton, in WA, it can apply in Hobart, anywhere where we have human beings that meet together in relationship with one another. Um, that's where emotional intelligence will show. I mean, I guess I look at it this way, Neil. You can tell if a person's happy or sad. I mean, sometimes they'll put a mask on, uh, or all of us can put masks on, but you can tell if a person's well within themselves, generally speaking, if they're relating well with other people, if they're uh, authentically who they are, if they're genuinely living out of um, the personality and the inner being of who they are. Let's start talking about individuals and perhaps in the context of a family. And I know there's lots and lots of dimensions to talk about when we discuss emotional health, but talk. Uh, let's talk a little about uh, individuals and because we all have a family background and uh, some people will say, well, my family background is not as good as such and such. Uh, we come from different family backgrounds. How does what we are raised in uh, affect the way we might be uh, with our emotional health today. Our family of origin has a major impact upon our emotional world. Um, in fact, researchers showed uh, many years ago that the first five years of imprinting of emotional health shape the person's being, really, how they're going to behave, how they're going to relate, how they're going to feel secure, belonging, acceptance, those sorts of things. So family of origin has a major impact. Um, how a dad treats the children, how a dad treats, how a husband treats his wife for the children to see, how a mum either is able to nurture with emotional health and well-being and really uh, come alongside children, a dad to be able to express and show love. All of these things help to shape a person. But having said that, even if a person's come from what society or community might say is an unhealthy family emotionally or a terminology might be dysfunctional family, even if a person's come from such a family, they can still find emotional health through both their own work, but I believe as a Christian, through God coming and bringing transformation and change into their hearts. So major impact, but it's not the be-all and end-all. God can still bring health into people's lives. And is it fair to say, Brian, that when we talk about emotional health, uh, some of the things that we might even describe in our life today may be part of our Christian testimony. Uh, I once was like this, but since I had an encounter with Christ, I have grown to become the way that I am today. So it may be a part of our own testimony as to the way we actually are able to cope with the challenges that our life brings because we have this dimension of faith in Christ. Oh, absolutely. It's transformative of faith in Christ. When a person comes to Jesus and asks his forgiveness for the wrong things they've done, when they ask him to lead their lives, when I as a person asked Christ to lead my life when I was um, 19 and asked him to take charge, no longer did I have to manage everything, both my emotions, my relating to others, my future. I knew Christ had forgiven me for things that I'd done wrong in the past and, and Jesus would help me for the days ahead. So um, practically speaking, if a person was really impatient, intolerant and uh, judgmental before they came to know Jesus, a transformative relationship with Jesus can help a person to have patience, can have more tolerance and understanding for others, uh, being less judgmental and less harsh. Now, I say can because, of course, uh, Christians can have weaknesses, Christians can be impatient, Christians can struggle in different areas as well. Um, but certainly a love relationship with Jesus gives the opportunity um, for much greater emotional health. Brian, when we talk about issues like wellness, now that's a popular word. Mm. And sometimes, mm. uh, sometimes people mix in all sorts of ideas about new age and those sorts of things, but wellness and serenity and uh, living in harmony, those sorts of things. But 
But those are those are actually Christian uh, traits too, aren't they? Those are things that are results yeah. in the in the life of the Christian believer. So uh, sometimes, do you think we uh, do you separate sometimes the idea of wellness or harmony because we think that somehow or other it's influenced by other uh, religious influences, when in actual fact this is something that we gain from our relationship with God. Oh yes, so uh, meditation uh, and. Joshua 1 speaks about meditating upon the Word of God. Uh, Deuteronomy speaks about meditating upon God's Word, as does Colossians 3 speaks about uh, meditating upon God's Word. Many passages talk about it, but meditation from the gurus or from the New Age people or even from various other religions, meditation is seen as um, a part of wellness whether it's through yoga, whether it's through various religions or whatever it might be. That's that's just one example. But in terms of the whole wellness craze, I think what it really is, is it's people that don't yet know Christ that are searching for that soul dimension of soul nourishment and soul well-being. And they're actually crying out and saying, I want to be well on the inside. And really, they've got an empty part within them if they don't have Christ living within them. So they're continuing to look to fill that place to find peace, really, to find inner peace and inner well-being. And we know the only true place to find that is in Jesus. And we'll talk some more about this. And I want to invite listeners to join in our conversation too. You might have your own thoughts. You might have your own scenario. You might have your own family or church or workplace uh, story to tell about what it is to be emotionally healthy. You may have a question you'd like to ask. You thought, I've never been able to ask this anyone. Well, today may be your opportunity. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Brian, just love talking about this topic because it is so, so important for us. Mm. Let me ask mm. you, though, how can we tell if we are emotionally unhealthy? Because sometimes I imagine we need to have uh, some sort of uh, you know, benchmark, something that will actually say, well, this is what it yeah. looks like when you are emotionally healthy. Is there a sort of a self-test you can do to say, well, I'm emotionally unhealthy in this area and in that area too? What do you think? Yes, well, look, I I like Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23, which helps me with this. So I ask the question of myself quite, quite regularly. I say, how am I going with my love level today? Am I more loving with my family, more loving with my workmates, more loving with the people around me? How am I going with my love? What about my joy? Have I got more joy in myself? Joy is not just happiness for a happy day, but joy is that inner well-being. Excuse me, what about my peace? How am I going with peace? My inner being of peace, am I troubled or am I at peace? So I look at each of the fruit of the Spirit. Am I more kind to the people around me today or am I quite um, harsh? So I look at each of the fruit of the Spirit and I test. Uh, A person can test, uh, maybe think of 1 to 10 or think of uh, really good to not really good or increasing or decreasing, can test the fruit of the Spirit. And I think that's a good measure to see how a person's going in terms of emotional health. But the only one thing I'd say is that's a subjective personal test. So it's not objective. It's something that we can decide ourselves. Sometimes we can have blind spots, and that's where we need our family members, whether it's our spouse, whether it's our children, uh, often young children as well as older children, adult children as well as teenage children can tell when mum or dad are doing it tough and they're not doing really well. And sometimes they're the quickest to let us know. So emotional health can be um, recognised or emotional unhealth unhealthiness can be recognized by family members or workmates or trusted Christian friends that can genuinely uh, let us know how we're doing. So when we apply those uh, fruit of the spirit and we say that is what it looks like to be emotionally healthy, we can actually get an assessment on each of those different Mm -hmm. areas. 
And Mm -hmm. when we talk individual, uh, we can make that assessment. We might be able to make that assessment to our own broader family, as you say. What about Mm -hmm. taking that to a new level? Perhaps we're a member of a local church, and uh, Mm -hmm. some some people have a wonderful experience of their local church, and I hope uh, most people do, but I know that not everybody does, and that might be because a church struggles with these areas of emotional health. Uh, You do a lot of training and mentoring of pastors. I imagine that this is one of those areas that a lot of pastors need to come up to speed on and improve areas so that it so that it becomes something that permeates their entire congregation. How does it work with churches? Yeah, look, uh, very true. You've raised some really good questions in terms of churches there. Um, there's some churches that are really unhealthy emotionally, and you can normally tell in the way that people are being treated and so on. Uh, I love what Bill Heibel says, is that the church is the hope of the world, and obviously Jesus established the church as a community of people that love one another, uh, love God, and love the people around them, and are on about mission and discipleship. So the church really is so vital and important, but unfortunately we can have unhealthy churches as well as healthy churches. So certainly I work with pastors, work with churches, I do training um, both here in Australia as well as overseas to equip people to look at their church, both the pastors as well as their leadership teams, to look at their church to consider how healthy is our church, how can our church become more healthy? Because every church has got areas to grow in. How well do we look after our people? How well do we look after our pastors? How well do we look after a person that's sometimes harder to love? Uh, how patient are we? How how caring? How genuine? How authentic with one another? What about conflict? I was talking with a pastor just very recently, talking about conflict within the church. How do we deal with that at uh, leadership levels? These are all questions that um, an assessment of a church, as well as some steps towards emotional health to become an emotionally healthy church are, are really important. We will continue our conversation in just a few moments and inviting listeners to be part of our conversation. You might have your own thoughts Uh, your own insight, uh, your own suggestion for a direction we might go in our conversation today. Well, 1-800-316-316. Our talkback line is open. You can join our conversation. We are talking about emotional health. Dr. Brian Burkett is our guest. He leads an organization called Springboard Consulting, empowering people for purpose. He teaches on emotional health around the world. And you can be part of our conversation, 1-800-316-316. Back with more in just a few moments. We all need prayer in our lives. Whether it be to give thanks or to ask for God's help, prayer is so important for our Christian faith. And there's something wonderful about being united in prayer. If you have something you want prayer for, our prayer team will pray with you. Talking and praying with around 2,000 callers every month, the Vision Christian Prayer Team love praying for people just like you. Give our prayer team a call on 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. Just another way, Vision is connecting faith to your life. We all understand the concept of sponsoring a child or a project, but now you can empower a vibrant rural pastor in a developing nation. Station sponsor Live Connection partners with over 170 local pastors in 11 countries. $2.35 a day is a necessary lifeline to these courageous pastors who are serving in incredibly difficult circumstances on our behalf. This money encourages them to continue transforming lives and growing their communities. Interested? Head to liveconnection.org. How can you help Vision? There's lots of ways, but one of them is supporting businesses that support us, like station sponsor Helping Hand Maintenance for all your home handyman repairs, charters, towers. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. We are talking emotional health this hour. Dr. Brian Burkett is our guest. He leads Springboard Consulting, empowering people for purpose. He travels the world and uh, strengthening the church through strengthening pastors and leaders. 
training, mentoring, consulting, and emotional health is one of those areas that he works on. And when we talk about emotional health, we're talking about it individually and making even a self-assessment of where we might be uh, in uh, by way of uh, how emotionally healthy we are. But it also reflects in our family, in our church, in our workplace. And our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316 for your contribution to our conversation, 1-800-316-316. Brian, when we talk about emotional health, uh, you mentioned the fruit of the Spirit that we can read about in Galatians. And I note that the fruit of the Spirit follows what is sometimes known to be the fruit of the flesh. So if the fruit of the Spirit that we read about, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, and uh, ongoing, uh, is if that's an, a picture of emotional health, how does that contrast with those fruit of the flesh? Is that a, an unhealthy perspective to have? Uh, absolutely. I think from having emotional unhealthiness, being unhealthy emotionally, um, the list that you're referring to in Galatians 5 verse um, 20, really, 19 and 20 and 21, uh, sexual immorality, impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pleasure, idolatry, participation in demonic activities, hostility, and, and more common areas, although a number of those are common areas, but more common areas, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, divisions, the feeling that everyone is wrong except those in your own little group, uh, envy, drunkenness, wild parties and other kinds of sin. So so that list, if you think about it, the quarrelling, the jealousy, the divisions and so on, that list is a classic of when people are unhealthy emotionally, they can be damaging for other people. When people are unhealthy emotionally, they can be damaging for themselves. So, yes, there's a real contrast with the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. Well, I know that when you talk about uh, the quarrelling and the hostilities, uh, for a lot Mm. of people, perhaps even uh, some listening in today, uh, they'll be saying, well, that's just normal life for me. I thought that was normal. That's the way families uh, often interact. Uh, sometimes that's the case in the workplace. And and I imagine that coming to a point where you say what's normal, what's not, what is uh, what is uh, an emotional uh, a, a bad place to be to compared to what a good place to be, I imagine you can uh, get that self-assessment going and say, well, uh, what do I need to do to change to make my emotional uh, my emotional health better is, is that a, a way to to reflect on that that uh, that sometimes this is like for some people a normal part of their existence yes so it is often a normal part of our existence and um, it's a matter of us honestly diagnosing the problem and saying to ourselves that something's desperately wrong um, the evidence is showing us we may not have realized it before now but something's desperately wrong in our church or in our organization, in our workplace, in our family or in ourselves. And then it's a matter of saying, well, Lord, we need your help so that we can really sit before you and ask you, God, what needs to firstly change in me so that I can be a more loving, etc., person? What needs to change so that I can be a more emotionally healthy person? And then what can I help and contribute to see change in whichever community we're describing? So the pathway to doing that is being our authentic self, genuinely working through with our community or in ourselves the areas that we need to so that we can become healthy. So normal doesn't mean we have to stay there. Normal is simply we're diagnosing the problem and saying, well, that's that's my common situation. That's That's where I sit right now. But I want to change. I want God's help to see change in this. We are taking calls. You can contribute to our conversation. You might have a question. You might have an insight to offer. 1-800-316-316. Brian, let's take a call from Natalie in Brisbane. Hello, Natalie. Welcome along to 2020. Hello. Hi, Natalie. What are your thoughts on our conversation today? I was actually going to ask a question about emotional health. Yes. Which is very much on my heart right now. Um, I have, I won't give any details, but I have a very direct contact with a little girl who's now in foster care out of terrible trauma. Mm -hmm. And obviously emotional health is non-existent for her. And therefore, there is all the challenging behaviours, etc., that comes with that. 
I would very, very much love to talk to her about Jesus and about God's love and about how God loves her, although she doesn't love herself. But we're just starting from a base which isn't even... It's not even there, do you know what I mean? That there's, hmm. No, hmm. there's, there's so little self-esteem or so little self-worth and so much anger and hurt. Where do you begin that? Mm. Mm. Right. There's um, not even a base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Natalie, look, really good question. And when we're dealing with people that are very broken on the inside and you've described a child that's been through a traumatic um, upbringing and so on, um, being able to come alongside them and love them, which clearly you're seeking to do in a fostering situation, accepting them for who they are, uh, building trust, building those bridges of love, which really it's going to be a, a long haul in the sense of her discovering that she can be loved and that out of the fact that she can receive love that mm. then she can one day love and she can reciprocate that love because there's a desire in anyone and everyone to both receive love and to give love yeah. and so as you build that bridge of trust and show in the long haul over days, weeks, months and years that she can trust you, that you'll be there for her, you'll be patient with her, you'll put up with the testings of her behaviour, with the various negative things that she does to test you, whether you will really love her even though she does those things. As all of those things are done, it may take a year, it may take two years, then there may be the opportunity through that bridge of trust and love that you've built to be able to show Christ's love to this little child. And uh, the way I look at it is this child, whatever age, whether they're 6, 8, 10, whatever it might be, they've got maybe 70 or 80 years to go. So if you can now invest that bridge of love for a year or two particularly, I'm not putting an exact time on it, of course, then you can open up the opportunity for her heart to open to receive Jesus' love. And that's transformative and that continues on the journey. And while we've got Natalie on the phone, uh, is there a case, Brian, that uh, this little girl who comes from this very dysfunctional background, uh, her passageway to some level of new emotional health may be just the fact that she is in touch with Natalie, who has her own level of emo- emotional health to be a, a guide, to be a, uh, uh, a some sort of example of what that is? Oh, yeah. By your life, Natalie, the way you're patient, the way you're understanding, the way you show yourself um, consistent in love and available for this this little girl, uh, the way you do all of that, she'll be watching you, of course, and she'll be testing and, and so on. But your emotional health, how you live, how you relate to people around you, um, the little girl will be watching you and learning from you and learning that, wow, there's a different way to relate to what I've seen in the years past. And, um, yeah, maybe there is hope in this world after all. But I guess yeah. if it's if it's dark clouds now, maybe it can become grey clouds and maybe the sun can come out in the days ahead. So I'd be praying for this little girl and I'll be praying for this little girl too. Can Natalie... Oh, I'm sorry. sorry, Neil. Can we just pray for this little girl? Yes, let's Natalie, pray. Or? Yep, that, yeah. let's do that. You lead us, Brian. Yeah. So, Father, we reach out with love to Natalie and to this little girl. Uh, we're not naming her, but we're just lifting her before you because you know her name. And we pray that your love would reach out to this little girl and that you would bring about a transformative experience for her that she would know and experience your love. We thank you that she's beginning to do that through Natalie. We thank you for Natalie's kindness and acceptance of this little girl. And we pray, Lord, that you would just place your hand upon her, upon her heart, and you would bring a change in her life. And strengthen Natalie as she just shows love and patience and kindness to this little girl. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Natalie, thank you so much for participating in our conversation today. And uh, I, I know that will be helpful. And what a privilege it is to be able to pray for the little girl uh, who is in your life. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just can't help but 
get the feeling that, uh, Natalie, uh, you are the first little miracle uh, that's mm. happening with this little mm-hmm. girl because she has that connection with you. Natalie from Brisbane, thank you mm-hmm. so much for your call. one 316 If you'd like to join in our conversation, we are about to go to Vision National News and continuing our conversation after the news. Our talkback line will remain open. We are talking about emotional health. A, uh, a state of well-being in which you'll be able to meet the demands of everyday life. What it is to have this dimension as a Christian, to know God is in your circumstances and is nurturing our emotional health. Uh, we'll continue our conversation. Our special guest is Dr. Brian Burkett. He leads Springboard Consulting. We're back with more after Vision National News. Coming up, Afternoons with Chris and Alex. Join us again this afternoon as we talk about the power of declarations as opposed to affirmations. What declarations are you making in your life? Also, have you ever called upon the Lord in an awkward situation? Brian, let's take a a little time and uh, take some more calls from listeners. Uh, Let's first of all hear from Graham in Cairns. Hello, Graham. Welcome along. Good morning, Neil. Graham, well, uh, what are your thoughts on our conversation today? You may have already discussed this, but uh, I feel that uh, unforgiveness is the root cause of most uh, emotional issues. And uh, if we can walk with forgiveness in our hearts, it certainly goes a long way to uh, clearing up a lot of these emotional issues and also just living a life, just being in awe of God, God's wonder, God's amazing grace, He's master plan of salvation and not only that but this beautiful life the blue skies the birds the trees his amazing creation and just being in awe of god daily is just awesome but that's that's it <laughs> great uh, your response uh, dr brian burkett oh um really appreciate the thoughts that have been expressed i'd say um uh, certainly unforgiveness is one of the things that locks us up and we harbor it and hide it and hold it so deeply in our hearts that it blocks us from being able to experience God's love as well as being able to experience love with others. So um, sometimes traumatic things have happened to us, terrible things have happened to us, and we feel we can't forgive a person for that. But I like to say in terms of forgiveness, it's like a chain, a heavy chain that locks us to another person. That's what unforgiveness is. If a person's done something terrible to us or we've made mistakes on this unforgiveness in relationship, we're locked to that person until we forgive them. God's given us the key, which is his love that's forgiven us. And through that key, we can apply that to the relationship and bring forgiveness to the other person. When we do, what happens is that chain falls off our feet and falls off our lives and we become free. So we are then no longer bound up in those chains. So as as described, unforgiveness can lead to so much in terms of emotional unhealthiness. But forgiveness can free us so that we can fully love. And then God deals with the person. We don't need to worry about the person in the situation. We can release them into God's hands. Graham from Cairns, thank you so much for your input today on 2020. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call from Robin in Mount Morgan. Hello, Robin. Welcome along. Yes, hi. Um that, that last call, I just direct, uh, redirected my um, thoughts, but um, mm. I, I'm, I feel like I'm an expert in this field because of um, what I've been through my whole life. Um, I want to zero in on uh, the lies, the lies that we believe because of situations in our life. And, um, you know, often human counselling um, is some very often useless or even can be more harmful, and that's why that last caller... Um, I, for years and years and years, was accused in churches of unforgiveness, whereas really what, what, hap- what happened was, because I just kept explaining this situation that started off this really deep pain that really crippled me. I couldn't work. I was crying all the time. I couldn't understand why that situation would be so painful. And then I discovered years later, after being accused so often of unforgiveness, years later I discovered it was because it triggered something from my childhood. It had nothing to do with, really didn't have to do with the situation, but I was accused continually of unforgiveness. 
And um, mm. I, just, I think that, you know, with kids that are being abused and whatever, um, I felt threatened by people that seemed to have it all together and were mm. all loving because I just couldn't um, receive it. Mm. But mm. what I, f- I felt comfortable with people that had been through a lot of stuff themselves, like a, an alcoholic mm. woman who was a Christian um, um, that was Chris Maynard's mother, I felt so comfortable with her. She, it didn't matter what she said, I felt comfortable. But I felt threatened mm. by a lot of other people. And when mm. I Robin, God, let's get some thoughts uh, from Brian Burkett. Uh, Brian, uh, you're hearing uh, Robin pouring out mm. her heart. Uh, what are your thoughts for her? Oh, Robin, um, it's, it's been tragic, the um, pain that you've obviously experienced as a child and then uh, the pain that's been perpetuated um, by the church you've described and communities around you with lies, 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 I think is how you began your thoughts. And it's so true that sometimes the church can really judge people and not understand and not walk with people. And, and um, sadly, that's just part of being a, a human community, but it does cause incredible damage for people. So uh, my heart goes out to you, Robin, that you've had that experience, but it's really good that you've found hope in Christ and you've found hope through others that have faced challenges and faced hardship. Um, I can understand that you were both threatened and also found it hard to receive love because of the experiences you'd had when you were younger, as well as just um, seeing people that seemed to have it all together and weren't showing authentically their brokenness and their, their hurt and their harm. So I think you then become an ambassador of love and no doubt you do this, Robin, but an ambassador of love for others that are broken, others that are in need, and, and others that need that kindness and that acceptance and that forgiveness that you've experienced. Thank you so much to Robin from Mount Morgan. And is it the case... Uh, when we talk about people like Robin uh, that have a special place in church life, uh, Brian, when it can be that uh, that they uh, who have gone through some of the uh, the, the turmoil and the, the tragedies of, of things gone by in the past, that, that they actually may have a, a more uh, contributory uh, effect on people than maybe even the pastor has because you've gone yeah. through so many hurts and, and challenges, but you've found your way on the other side and you've seen some blue sky. Yeah, um, there's no doubt when we think of Mary Magdalene and um, Jesus teaches us those who've been forgiven much can love much. Um, and so because Robin has turned Christward and has really sought to allow God to bring healing and wholeness to her life, um, people such as Robin can bring such a gift to the church because they've been through brokenness, they've found wholeness, and they can then help others on their journey. I think they hold a special place in our church, and we need to love and value people from any journey, wherever they've come from. I remember one person who said to me, um, that he'd come from Sudan and he'd been in a war situation in Africa and he was running as the bombs were dropping all around him and he wasn't stopping um, to pick up other people because if he did, he was frightened that he would be uh, blown up himself. He was just running and running as a child, as a young person. And he was saying to me, no one else in this community, I won't describe the community for the sake of the young man, but no one else in, in the community um, understands me because they've not experienced what I've experienced. But as I talked with him and listened to his journey, I, I heard um, healing. I, I sensed healing coming into his heart, acceptance uh, bridging him into the community. And then I saw him being a gift to others that were from not unsimilar backgrounds to be able to help them. So certainly people such as... Um, our, our caller, uh, Nicole, uh, people such as this young man that I'm describing, they can be a gift to us in the church. We're taking calls on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's continue to take some calls. Uh, we have an anonymous caller in New South Wales. Uh, hello, caller. Uh, what, what's your uh, uh, your thoughts about our conversation today? Or have I got Warren? Is this Warren? No. Hi there. Hi there. Let's uh, let's take your call. Sorry, are you the are you the anonymous caller? Yes. Okay. What are your thoughts, or do you have a question for our guest? Well, I I just want to know um, 
I just want to express mine because I've been putting up with uh, with a lot of emotional um, feelings as well within myself um, through I love when I was when I was a young girl it started when when I was at school uh, me and my my sisters and brothers went through some really deep um, persecution at school at our local mm. school here and. Uh, when our father was found out that he was um, homosexual, mm. and um, we went through some pretty tough persecution, very badly. Mm. Um, and ever since then, I think it's just also played on my mind. Since then, in like now I'm forty, forty-one. Mm. Um, it's also it's been a big part of my life. Um, Mm. Big time. And um, you carry yeah. that all the way through uh, to your adult years. Uh, your mm. thoughts, Brian Burkett? Yeah, look, uh, um, absolutely. What what happens for us, um, a caller from New South Wales, is because of our adolescent years and because of our childhood years, um, it's imprinted on us the shape of who we become. And it's only Christ coming in to bring about transformation with his help and um, through community of love and acceptance that we can really see freedom and change. And that might sound like a trite um, phrase, but realistically that can take years and years and sometimes a lifetime. So unfortunately, communities can bring judgment to people, whether it's sexual identity, whether it's race, whether it's financial situation, all sorts of background issues, whether it's uh, physical challenges, um, whether it's mental health challenges, unfortunately, communities, including churches, uh, but communities can bring judgment against people and against their children. Um, so I'm sorry that you've had that experience, but I pray uh, that you would find freedom, really, and you would be able to be the person that God's made you to be fully and to shine and to love others. And in just a few moments, I'm going to ask Brian about some steps on a pathway to emotional health. And uh, that caller from New South Wales, you might like to be uh, hanging around at the radio just a little longer because there's some good advice coming in just a few moments. Thank you so much for your call. Let's continue to take calls. Uh, Let's hear from Warren in Tamworth in New South Wales. Hello, Warren. Welcome along. Oh, yes. How are you going? Very well, Warren. What are your thoughts on our conversation today? Okay. Uh, good morning, Brian. Yeah, how are you going? Oh, good morning, Warren. Yeah. Um, many, many years ago, um, when I was a, a younger man, I, I, I definitely had a lot of low self-esteem. And um, uh, there was you know, many, many times that uh, people would walk over me. And, um, uh, I, I do also have believed that uh, Christ has brought about my transformation to become mm. a positive person. Um, but the other, just the other comment I would like to make is that um, uh, in in my brain, uh, you know, the cerebellum in in our brain, um, that was also on pause, as it were. It was, it was affecting my emotional um, person, um, and I need I got the help. I uh, mm. needed to um, to uh, free up or uh, unpause cerebellum, and and that mm. was that was a, a great big, uh, definitely a great big help for me as well. Mm. Uh, now I, I don't suffer from self-esteem, and and all mm. praise and glory goes to God for that. So. Mm. Mm. That's great, Warren, for the way that God's worked in your heart and life and no doubt through Christian community as well as your own love relationship with God and your experience of him. And there's no doubt that what happens is that our brain as well as our emotion, emotions get get um, sometimes frozen almost is the way we describe it from a um, just a, a layman's point of view can get frozen into place from even being a little child at trauma or being a young person that's been put down by other people. Uh, just an example, Warren, I remember when I was a child, um, I can still remember this, I was a, a primary school child, so, so probably about eight years old, and children would dance around me, and you need to remember my surname's Burkett, but they'd dance around me and they'd say, Berkey Biscuit is no good. Chop him up for firewood. If he is no good for that, give him to the old Tom Cat. So they'd just 
sing this around me in a circle until I broke down and cried in the middle of this circle. So I guess talking about self-esteem and people putting you down, I know what you mean. But isn't it wonderful how knowing God and experiencing his love both personally as well as through others, it's transformative, uh, both in our minds in, in our in our emotions, but also in our brains, there's rewiring that happens. And uh, let me just, uh, while we've got Warren on the line, uh, Warren, you also mentioned, uh, you know, like uh, chemical imbalances and things like mm-hmm. that, or hum- hormonal mm-hmm. imbalances. Uh, can those mm-hmm. be contributing factors? And uh, and is there a place for uh, medical uh, mm-hmm. in- involvement in in these issues of emotional uh, well being, Brian? Yes, look, absolutely. Um, to to recognise, I'm not a medical doctor, but I make these comments from 30 plus years pastoral experience and pastoral counselling and so on, um, and, and reading various different things. So, um, and, and researching through neuropsychologists, etc. So, so the short answer is absolutely. It brings about an imbalance in chemical um, makeups within our brains, our neurons and pathways, and and so on are affected. So in other words, the short of it is it can affect our mental health. Our emotional health can affect our mental health. Trauma, grief, um, difficulty, the sort of things, abuse um, can all affect our mental health, then there's a need for intervention by medical health experts. I prefer uh, Christian psychiatrists, Christian psychologists, Christian counsellors to be able to assist, but there's no doubt there's some really good um, medical experts that are not yet Christians that can help us from a medical point of view with um, with medications that can assist us. But I would say, it's, obviously, it's not just medications, it's community, it's um, God's intervention, it's us seeking help ourselves, it's finding help from medical experts, and it's medication that can also assist, depending on the severity of the situation. All right. Thank you so much to Warren from Tamworth for your input today here on 2020. And we might have to put a line under the calls there uh, because I don't want to miss the opportunity to talk about some steps on a pathway to emotional health uh, because uh, this is something we can uh, we can home in on here, uh, Brian, some ingredients of emotional unhealthiness and what has to change for the change to happen uh, to get on a pathway to emotional healthiness. How do you describe a pathway for people to actually get onto, to change what they've been used to, to to something which might be a a real pathway to emotional health? Yeah, look, a really good question, Neil. Thank you. Um, I'd see it as uh, vital that we break the power of the past. So we allow God to come in, ask his help, maybe get a trusted Christian friend, a Christian uh, counsellor or someone walking alongside us, a pastor, um, to pray with us and to see us set free from the power of the past. Uh, Then it's a matter of us coming to God and saying, God, I just fully depend upon you to bring about change in, and it could be in my area of unforgiveness, change in and my area of impatience, uh, changing whatever it is that needs to change that we know authentically within ourselves we need to change. And that's one of the ingredients to a, a, that I found through research of uh, over interviewing over 1,350 people, 200 books, 100 Bible verses, that one of the key ingredients um, is authenticity, that we're honest with God and we're honest with ourselves. So that's a pathway to bring about change. Um, and the next step is as we let go of power and control and we allow God to be in charge, then it's being transparent and vulnerable to others and it's allowing others to journey with us in community and loving and accepting us for who we are and allowing us to become who God's made us to be. And um, then recognizing our, our identity in Christ as a son or daughter of the living God, and yet also recognizing the grief and loss and the pain of the things that we've, we've faced. So authentically saying, look, it was awful that I went through this abuse, or it was awful that I lacked this um, genuine intimacy and unconditional love, or, or whatever it might be. And then taking time to stop to quietly just be with God 
in a contemplative spirituality mode. So Peter Scazzaro speaks quite a bit about this uh, um, in a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and his material on this is excellent. I was with him in um, in New York just about six or seven weeks ago at a conference he did, and we were talking about this area of emotionally healthy spirituality as well. And there's over 20 nations now that are involved and um, churches right across the world that are recognizing the importance of this. This area so so just that that authenticity that transparency and then also just taking time to be quietly with God like the Mary rather than the Martha so perhaps not rushing around quite so much but taking time just to listen to God to allow him to minister to us and then it's a matter of us recognizing that we've learned some things in an unhealthy way, the way maybe we treat our children, the way we treat our spouse, the way we treat our workmates, with perhaps um, all of us, including myself at times, are lived out of unhealthy practices. So then we need to create new skills, that, and, and there's ways to create those skills that, that um, we won't have time to go into now, but, but new skills of loving well of listening well, of valuing people well. And then, after all, developing a practice of loving Jesus beyond all else and allowing his love to permeate into each area of our life and just allowing him to recreate us into the people and into the person that he wants us to be. So I think this is a pathway to emotional health and really it's saying, hey God, I need your help. I need help of trusted Christian friends, godly community, and I want to be uh, a more emotionally healthy person. And then I want to contribute not only to be an emotionally healthy person just for myself, but I then want to contribute as a disciple of Jesus, living the way Jesus would live if he were in my situation, wherever it is, whether it's Northern Territory down to Hobart, whether it's tip of Queensland across to the tip of WA, uh, whether it's the bottom of WA or the bottom of Victoria Wilson's Promontory, wherever we are in Australia, wherever we're listening, wherever we're hearing this, all of us um, want to be both emotionally healthy as people, but then also we want to live out of a discipleship where we sh- shine Jesus to the people around us. So, so this would be the pathway, Neil, that I'd see is really important. Great. And look, I'll give the website. Uh, your new project is called Springboard Consulting. The website is springboardconsulting.com.au and, and mm. uh, you've got a focus on strengthening the church and strengthening pastors and leaders. Leaders. Mm. Really, it's strengthening congregations, and uh, mm. I believe that uh, in our conversation today, uh, there's a great contribution to that in understanding what it is to be emotionally unhealthy and then be on a pathway towards being emotionally healthy, and uh, just mm. some great insights today, uh, Dr. Mm. Brian Burkett. So that that website, and uh, no doubt people can send an email to you and be mm. in touch mm. with you at springboardconsulting.com.au. You're working with churches, you're working with pastors and leaders. Uh, you're open to uh, to invitations if people invite you to be a speaker at their conference or their church, Brian? Oh, yes, absolutely. So I'm doing a conference in Sydney in September. Um, various churches, both overseas as well as locally, are regularly doing seminars. So very happy right across Australia if people cover costs and, and some small honorarium or something like that are offering. It's not like I'm trying to charge you know people hear the word consulting and they sometimes think gee this is super expensive no my my heart is to see the kingdom of god established in people's lives and throughout the nation and the nations of the earth and so whatever part i can play in that we cover costs and i live by faith but um, we see God provide and um, so very happy to serve the church uh, wherever people may contact me. And so springboardconsulting.com.au and also Springboard Consulting Facebook page has other material that people can grab a hold of as well. So very happy to help. Wonderful. Dr. Brian Burkett, thank you so much for taking some time to be with us today here on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to be with you all. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported.
Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.